Welcome to the Clinical Pharmacist podcast, where we discuss key topics related to clinical pharmacists in general practice. This season, we are interviewing various clinical pharmacists who have found success in the general practice sector, and we unfold their unique journey of how they made the transition into this field. And for those listeners who are new to the podcast and may not know us yet, my name is Runa, your main host. I'm the clinical lead of CPS and the training and development manager of Clinical Pharmacist Academy. And we also have our co-host, Mahmoud. Hello, everyone. My name is Mahmoud. I'm a clinical pharmacist independent prescriber. I'm the founder of Clinical Pharmacist Solutions. Thank you. So for today's episode, we are pleased to be joined by senior clinical pharmacist, Sarah Dekmak, who has been featured in The Chemist and Druggist and has been in the general practice sector for at least four years and in that time has developed considerably as a clinician. Sarah has an expertise in quaff indicators, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that in today's session. Welcome, Sarah, to the Clinical Pharmacist Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Um, Please start off uh, by telling our audience a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do. So my current role, I'm a senior clinical PCN pharmacist. Um, I work in Wolfram Forest and I cover eight GP surgeries. I started this role in April 2020, so it was during the height of lockdown. And to be honest, I've been really enjoying it ever since. Um, I have a passion for uh, quaff and long-term chronic conditions. Currently, I specialize in doing reviews for asthma, COPD and type 2 diabetes. And I'm looking to expand on that as time goes on. Excellent. Lovely. Um, So can you take us right back to how your journey began as a pharmacist and how you ended up where you are now? Yeah, so I qualified in 2013. So that's when I passed my pre-reg. I did my pre-reg with Boots. And I think at that point in time, Boots was sort of all I knew and it's all I thought pharmacists did. Um, So I stayed with Boots for another three years or so. At that point, I, I realized there were other careers out there. So I thought I wanted to be a bit more clinical and I moved to hospital. And when I moved to hospital, I found that it was unfortunately my role anyway. I was dispensary based quite a lot and that was something I was trying to get away from. So I then decided to look for another job. I then stumbled across an advertisement for an independent clinical services provider. I didn't actually know exactly what this company did, but all I saw from the job description was that they provided support in general practice. So I went for a job with them and I got it. So I spent three years with Face Clinical Services. Uh, During that three years, I was able to get a real insight into how general practice worked. And I pretty much spent that time working in primary care, in GP surgeries, uh, delivering pharmacist clinical reviews. Um, At that point, I wanted to focus on my independent prescribing. So after three years, I decided that was something I wanted to do. And in order to get the time to dedicate to my IP and to find a DMP that I could spend, you know, the minimum requirement of 90 hours learning and practice in, I felt the best way for me to do that was to find a general practice based role. And that is then when I applied for a PCN pharmacist role. And I've been doing that since April, like I mentioned before. I see. So although you didn't really work for the GP surgeons directly, I think by the time you joined the PCN, you already had all the necessary skills and experience to hit the ground running. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Because I gained knowledge of how to use the GP practice systems. I understood, you know, how GP practices were incentivized. 
I understood how they ran, how they worked, the type of reviews they wanted pharmacists to do. So I pretty much came fully loaded to slot in straight into this role. Okay. And I know we've mentioned Quaff um, today. So those listeners who may not have heard of this before, can you tell us what Quaff is? So Quaff is the quality outcomes and framework for general practice. So it's basically, in simple terms, it's, it's an incentive for GPs to get paid for doing the work that they would do anyway when it comes to patients who have um, specific chronic long-term conditions. So it includes like asthma, COPD, atrial fibrillation, heart failure. So there's a range of conditions. And in order to ensure that they are being correctly managed in primary care, the NHS sort of sets out like an incentive scheme for practices so that if they do the, you know, the work that they need and give the patient the right care, they're going to get reimbursed. So I think it's really important for general practice that they do hit the targets that they're given, because obviously it means more money to invest back into the practice to deliver the excellent clinical care. So, Sarah, you mentioned quaff work. What does that actually comprise of for a pharmacist? The quaff work that generally pharmacists are expected to do in primary care uh, usually consists of um, annual reviews for the long-term chronic conditions that quaff covers so pharmacists might do things like asthma reviews blood pressure reviews copd reviews heart failure and more um but that's pretty much what pharmacists would be doing i see okay thank you sarah you mentioned that you started when lockdown kicked in can you tell us more about how that affected how you started how did you progress your career how did you progress your job role within the pcn and tell us more about what you're currently doing um, yeah, so obviously I started in April and yes, it was the height of lockdown. The GP practice had closed their doors and it wasn't general practice as I knew it. That's one thing I could say. Um, a lot of the face-to-face reviews were now telephone consults. A lot of patients weren't coming in to collect their blood test forms. I suppose it created like a lot of new things for me. I was lucky enough to have a clinical director to pretty much give me free reign to do what I felt was necessary at the time and what I felt was like most important to look after when I joined. I was the first pharmacist for this PCN and it's a PCN of eight practices. So I pretty much had to gauge what support they wanted and then do that. So for me personally, when I joined, I did a lot of number one, teleconsults with patients who were asthmatic, who did have COPD. I did also a lot of audits for CQC purposes so it was a bit of downtime as the practices were closed and it wasn't as busy as usual the practices suggested that maybe I do a few audits for CQC so I did that and I also worked a lot on looking at quaff prevalence for my practices just to kind of help find patients basically that were missing off the quaff registers just to make sure they were getting the care they needed during the COVID lockdown as well now I'm currently doing obviously supporting with the COVID vaccination hubs Um, I'm doing a lot of high-risk drug monitoring and making sure practices are CQC ready for that as well and I also look after actioning all the drug alerts that come through and at the same time I'm still looking after you know patients who need annual reviews for long-term chronic conditions on the quaff register. I see okay that's quite a variety of work that you did. Yes. (laughs) What aspect have you enjoyed the most so far? I really do enjoy my job. I think for me personally, I'm the kind of pharmacist, I like to hit targets. And if I can do that while 
looking after patients and ensuring they're getting the best clinical care, then that's what makes me happy. So when I say targets, I do mean like the COF targets, there's local incentives and there's the contract DES as well that GPs have to go by to kind of make some income. So for me, it's important that practices make the maximum income they can from wherever they can so they can reinvest that back in the practice. I see. Okay. That's really interesting. So those were your, I guess, your peaks or your highlights. Uh, Were there any challenges that you faced uh, in the last four years in this role? I think one challenge that people always find is that you can't influence everyone. So as a pharmacist, you are an influencer. Um, You influence in terms of like, you try and influence in terms of prescribing, in terms of process, in terms of safety, but you will come across specific people, whether it be like GPs or you know, admin or whoever, nurses, whoever it may be, sometimes you can't influence everyone, but you you grow to learn the technique to sort of try and get people on board to do the right thing by the patient and the right thing as per like what the latest guidelines would say, for example. I see. Yeah, I think that there's a key point you made there. I think as long as our practice is evidence-based and um, we're acting on the, you know, in the best interest of the patient, no one can really argue with that, right? So yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, looking back, is there anything that you would do different um, or is there any advice that you would give to other pharmacists who wish to embark on this career path? When you ask, would you do anything different? Everyone would usually say no, because every experience that I went through, I kind of learned from it. So, I mean, I could tell you that I probably wouldn't have gone into hospital pharmacy because it really, really wasn't for me. But because I did do that role, I obviously ended up with clinical services. And that's where I found my passion, which was GP surgery. So I think the thing that I would have done different is to try to have found a way to get into general practice and maybe found out more about general practice. It was something that you would hear about, but you never thought you had the experience or skills or, you know, chance to even get into. So one thing I would have done was probably find out more about general practice, try to get some, you know, experience or training in the field of general practice and possibly do one other thing would have been to do my independent prescribing qualification a lot earlier than I than I did do it and I suppose yeah my advice for people would be you know don't just sit there pondering about what it could be like if you're seeking you know more satisfaction in terms of increasing your clinical knowledge, being able to sort of make a change in the way people practice, providing the best clinical care like to patients, take the risk and look into just getting a GP practice job because at the end of the day if you if you don't take a risk you'll never know and me personally myself every job that I have left to start a new one I always took a risk I was too comfortable I knew that I wanted change and every single time you know I did experience that change and when it came to working in primary care and in general practice it was definitely the best career choice that I've made so in order to basically get there you might think that you don't don't have the experience, you don't have the skills, you don't have the knowledge, but there are ways out there to kind of get a bit of experience. I suppose Mahmoud could tell tell you more about that. Yeah, spot on. I think previously before COVID, you know, there were more opportunities where pharmacists could shadow other pharmacists and learn from that. But currently, you know, because of the lockdown and the pandemic that we're going through, it's very difficult to shadow someone in practice. But what really stands out when I interview people is if a pharmacist knows how to use the GP software already and somehow learn that, that really stands out in any job application, I think. You know, spot on on where you mentioned that they need to train themselves up. I think that really helped the pharmacists. And you're right, they just need to apply. This is the right time to make the transition because 
because there is still a huge demand for pharmacists in primary care. And, and I think that will continue for another year or two. And then the whole sector will be saturated with pharmacists. It might be much more challenging to make that transition. And especially, you know, when we start getting pharmacists who are already prescribers when they graduate from the university, then it will be even more challenging for pharmacists who are not prescribers to then compete with the new graduates who are prescribers. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of pharmacists, they should try and find themselves, if they're not in primary care already, they need to try and find themselves a DMP and just get their prescribing done. That was my fear, was that if I don't do my prescribing now, I'm going to be left behind. And that was before they even announced that the prescribing was going to be a part of the Masters of Pharmacy. So now that I've done it, I feel much more confident and I feel that I'm not going to worry basically about <laughs> losing my job. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> you can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, but the, the pharmacists do not have to be a prescriber. Uh, no. The pharmacists do not have to be prescribers now to, to get into GP practice. So I guess, and it's definitely easier to get a DMP once they're in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I manage one pharmacist and she's not a prescriber, but that doesn't matter because she's got all the knowledge to do all the chronic long-term conditions, all the high-risk drug monitoring. She's really good with patient care and that's what you want, really. She knows how to use the systems, of course. That's, that's what got her the job, I would say, at that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. That really helps. Thank you. That's good advice. Well, Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. We've really enjoyed having you on this episode and we wish you all the best for the future and hopefully we can interview you again uh, in the future at some point. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Clinical Pharmacist Academy, supporting pharmacists to transition into the general practice sector and accelerate their career as a clinical pharmacist. For more information about our academy, visit cpaweb.org.uk.